Grace and peace from God our Father. Welcome back to another episode of Who's on the Lord's Side. Today's um, subject or topic for discussion is unequally yoked, Mary and the Lord. I was inspired to do this episode today because I received a video um, from a friend of mine last night. It was a woke video about um, Solomon. So the video was um, kind of suggested in the fact that in the wisdom of Solomon, specifically in chapter two, it was kind of misinterpreting the scripture to say that um, Solomon was basically saying a lot of things against the Messiah and the Most High God, which couldn't be further from the truth. As a matter of fact, they quoted um, the wisdom of Solomon, chapter two. I want to say it was verses one through 24, which literally is the entire chapter two. But every time they mentioned the words him, they would capitalize him, you know, as I like in the video, him was capitalized and, and uh, or the, the letter H was capitalized, which is not true. All the hymns here are lowercase. But my point is chapter two of the wisdom of Solomon comes starting and saying for the ungodly said reasoning with themselves, but not aright, which automatically says this is the mindset of the ungodly who reasons with themselves, but not aright, meaning they are incorrect. And then the entire chapter two goes into the thoughts of the ungodly. And it finishes in verse 24 to verse 21 by saying such things did they did imagine and were deceived for their own wickedness had blinded them. Um, and then verse 23, for God created man to be immortal because it goes on and on saying nobody's going to return from the dead and all this. So it's kind of sounding as if they are, they are against the resurrection, but the person who made the video just made it seem as if, um, Solomon himself, how could he have been the wisest man if, um, in wisdom of Solomon chapter two, but so I brought, I bust out my book for my friend and I took screenshots immediately. And I'm like, clearly it says, you know, here that this is the mindset of the of the ungodly. And then I said in chapter three, it immediately starts and says, but the souls of the righteous. So it's just very lengthy. And I'm like, I can't understand. And then the video finished off, which is the inspiration for this, um, the inspiration for this episode is it finished off by saying, because Solomon had so many wives, right? That he was led astray by other gods. And, um, God was upset with him for that and that this is the reason why Solomon wrote this because when he wrote it he was writing it at a time when he was or or that he he technically was never you know at the end never a real follower of God which is why he wrote this so how could he be the wisest man so to speak right and so I started preaching to my friend who who agreed with me wholeheartedly and then I moved on but then I started to read back into Solomon and so when I was reading Solomon I just realized that you know it turns out obviously what we already know what, what do we know about Solomon obviously he is what the one of the the wisest man that ever lived we're gonna read that um God made it so that he was the first and the last as far as man now of course Yeshua is extremely wise but he wasn't just a full man he was a, he was half man he was half deity so it doesn't count right but as far as like a physical man who's born of a woman and a born of a physical man Solomon is the wisest and also he did and, and he erected such great things but what is Solomon's main downfall what is the out of all the things he did and even though he's the wisest people will always remember him for what following after all these pagan women his wives and his concubines right? Submitting to their gods, leading, being led away from God or led astray from God and committing, um, I guess you could say abominations before the sight of God. And so I said, it's amazing how this man is just so wonderful and so great, but like his history or his, uh, you know, his, his, um, I guess you could say the, 
the uh, history that he left for, behind for himself is always going to be tainted with that shadow of the fact that these women he went chasing after put somewhat of a taint on uh, his perfect record, so to speak. So I wanted to talk today about believers being connected to unbelievers, okay? And why that is always the worst thing that one can do, why, you know, relationships, especially in those situations, never prosper, and most of all, how the Most High had forbidden it from the beginning of time. And it was never to just be um, what someone would say racist or, or biased towards a group so much as it was to protect us from following in those ways that would lead the, la the ways of the pagan people, the ways of um, unbelievers that would lead us away from him and basically ultimately cause our destruction, something that he did not want. So I thought that it was a great discussion because even to in today's times, it's so many people that are unequally yoked with their significant others or their spouses. And I can't seem to understand how we keep missing that point, how important it is to be equally yoked with believers. So the Lord clearly instructed, like I just mentioned, his people not to marry women from pagan nations around them. They worshiped idols and would influence the Israelite spouses to do the same thing. So right now I wanted to jump into Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse one through four and I have the King James version here chapter seven starts off like this separateness from heathens demanded okay when the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it and hath cast out many nations before thee the Hittites and the Gerashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. Okay, so that's the first force that I want to kind of focus on because this was already commanded. And Israel constantly, 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 constantly gets swayed. Um, to pagan ways and a lot of the ways that they got swayed into it is by these marriages because love is very blind right and there's a lot of times even when you see in today's world let's let's be honest you'll see a lot of people in marriages who are unequally yoked and so you'll have an unbeliever with a believer or somebody who's a believer but maybe they're they're not really a full believer and then you'll have one who's a, tr a true believer and what I mean by that is on Sunday mornings, if they go to church on Sundays and they worship on that day, or maybe they have a day of Sabbath on Saturday, whatever the situation is, whatever day they choose to worship, you'll have many women who get up and go to church. Maybe the children come with them, but a nine out of 10, their significant other stays back at home. Or you'll have situations where I've seen Christians who marry Muslims. Um, now, I believe the Muslim is allowed to marry the Christian, but the understanding is at some time he would like for her to convert over so she could see the light, but it's still tolerated that they could marry them. But at the same time, you have one talking about Muhammad and you got one saying that um, Jesus was a regular man who's just going to come back, fight, live for 40 years. And you have somebody else that believes differently, you know, and then you have people who get married and then they have children. 
And then the first thing that happens, especially if two people are seriously religious or supposedly devout to their faith, what happens? The biggest um, debate now is, well, what uh, denomination, what religion should this child be? And I've had even friends in the past say, isn't it falling on the father that the child gets the thing of the father? And I'm like, I mean, I hear what people are saying, and I couldn't tell you if it's for the father or the mother, but my situation, my whole thing is if everybody was equally yoked, right, in the same belief system, even if it was two atheists or whatever, at least you all are equally yoked in the fact that you all believe that, so you know how you're going to raise your child. If you're all equally yoked in the sense of being Muslim, which I'm not saying that's the way, but I'm saying at least you understand that. So these things come in, and then you got a child that's growing up, well, this, my father is Jewish and my mother is not, you know, kind of situation. So Solomon, going back to him, ignored God's instructions, marrying 700 wives and taking 300 concubines, many from the Moabites, Ammonites, the Edomites, um, and Hittites. Why? Because in the book of Kings, it says that he clung to them in love. Okay. Which is the same thing I just mentioned a little while ago is just that love is extremely blinding. Now I can speak to my, for myself personally and say, before I jump back into the scriptures that, um, dating or trying to date in the past nine years of studying and and coming to the truth, if I meet a guy, I find that my studies and my time kind of get distracted and I don't devote as much time. So even if we might be hanging out together and spending simple time, if I try to pull out a book or something, I might do it for so long, but then after a while, I'm not in that environment where one understands what I'm doing. They might try to encourage it and be like, I understand that that's a part of your life. But at the same time, there, there comes a part where it's kind of they kind of almost make you feel like it's in the way or they don't understand or they don't get it. And so you not realizing at the time you're pushing God away for this day. Maybe you don't instead of the whole hour. You probably did 15 minutes and then it just keeps going on. It keeps going on. And then the longer you're with it, I would wait, look up and be like, dang, I haven't sit there and sat with my books in the longest time. And the only distraction that I have is this relationship. Now, could you imagine if I get with a brother, you know what I'm saying, uh, who is a believer like myself, who is just as equally yoked as, with me as far as loving the Lord, loving the, um, to be a seeker of truth and knowledge, loving to be a reader, loving to be one who discusses openly and, and go back with discussion only for the edification of the both of us. Could you imagine how powerful of a union that would be or how much edification I would get in my study time that I wouldn't have to take it away from me or get distracted from it because we're equally yoked? And this is something that I'm striving for in my next relationship, because that's something that um, is, is something that I've never necessarily experienced, because you can have a lot of people tell you that they're believers. And I'm those of you who are woke and you have your own pages and you're studying, just beware, because I've had people pretend to love the Lord and pretend to love to study. And I've had men even they're so snaky. They'll even buy the books, honey. Okay, and then you'll test the spirit by the spirit, which is another spirit, um, another scripture that I'll read a little later, only to find out that they're full of it. Like people can't keep up the lie of pretending to love the most high up for so long because they will get exposed. And then I would find out that I was tricked, you know, and no wonder because I've known people or seen people when I used to formally uh, go to churches and was a member of a church. 
I've seen women come in and um, have crush on pastor. And then all of a sudden, I've heard the girl because she was in one of my groups, but she's like very sinful and lusty. But she's saying things like, you know, I'm going to go buy, uh, I'm going to go get a used Bible that looks used and I'm going to put highlighters in it. And, you know, I'm going to you know make sure he sees me holding it. You know, some people are very, very, very malicious like that, too. So I'm wondering if some people thought their partners or whoever was equally yoked with them only to find out later that they wasn't. Um, I'm going to take a quick break and then I'm going to come back. We're going to continue talking about Solomon and I will dive into more scripture and have more discussion concerning this um, topic. See you after the break. All right, we're back from break and we're here talking about Solomon again, who ignored God's instructions, marrying 700 wives, taking 300 concubines, many of them from pagan religions. And as we mentioned before, the reason for this was because first King says that he clung to them in love. So just as God predicted, pagan wives in return influenced him to worship idols. And then consequently, the Lord ripped the 10 tribes from the rule of Solomon's descending, dividing the nation of Israel. This, this all happened as a consequence of Solomon. So now I wanted to read from 1 Kings chapter 11, 1 through 13. This chapter is entitled Solomon's Wives and Idolatry. But King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall not go in to them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods, lowercase g, Solomon clave unto these in love, and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, lowercase g, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father." For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he went not fully after the Lord as did David his father. Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incest and sacrifice unto their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, little g, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes which I have commanded thee, I shall surely rend the kingdom from thee and will give it to thy servant. Notwithstanding, notwithstanding in the days I will do it for David thy father's sake, but I will rend it out of the hand of thine own son. And last verse, how be it, I will not rend away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe 
one tribe to thy son for David, my servant's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. So as we can see, Solomon lost his mind. I mean, most of us say, Solomon, you lost your mind. Okay? Because you not only seen the Lord who appeared unto you once, you saw him twice. Okay? You pray for the wisdom. He gave you the wisdom. And, the, and it specifically said that the Lord was amazed because he didn't ask for gold. And he didn't ask for long years. And he didn't ask for riches. He was, he was really humble in the fact that in his prayer is very, very earnest. And very, very earnest that he just wanted to be able to rule the people with a good discerning heart. Okay. So now I'm going to read his prayer here. Solomon prays for wisdom. For wisdom. <clears throat> this is First um, Kings chapter 3, verse 6. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in the truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept him for this great kindness, and thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne. As it is this day, and now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to come, I know how, not how to go out or come in, and thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge the people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy great soul people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast thou asked riches for thyself, nor hast thou asked the, for the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment, behold, I have done according to thy words, though I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall there arise like any unto thee. Okay, and it says that I have also given thee that which thou had not asked for, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be among the kings like any unto thee all the days. Now, here is the statue and the covenant between them that was established that he broke. Verse 14. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen their days. And then the next verse says that Solomon woke up from the dream. And so the Lord answered his prayer. So when it comes to Solomon and his punishment of having the kingdoms rent from him, except for one kingdom. And if it was not for his father's David, practically perfect record, he would have never even had that one kingdom. So Solomon almost had the entire kingdom of nation Israel just taken away from him and his ascendants, you know, because he was messing around. On top of that, you know, Solomon knew better. There's no way in heck that Solomon did not know better. It's the same way that a lot of believers know better, but you get swayed by love. Okay? There's no way that the Lord didn't say, well, you, you, you erred, you, you, you accidentally did this, Solomon. I could understand because you had no idea. He knew good and well, and he still went. So it's not to say that Solomon was not a wise man, because you could be wise in things, but let's be honest. You have free will. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
Okay. And it said that he clung to them in love. He was a lover boy. At the end of the day, he couldn't keep it. When it came to women, he, he could not keep his head straight to do morally. And so because the women were putting him under the spell of lust and love, he wanted to make them happy. And to make them happy would be to uh, do things for them that would go against God. So he's running around, like I said, in First Kings chapter 11. Verses 1 through 13, building all these uh, things in high places, all for the love of his women. It says right here um, in verse 8 of chapter 11 in First Kings. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, every single one of them. Could you imagine how much he erected? I mean, all of the wives could have probably been separated to Amorites and Hizzites and Jebusites. So I'm sure it was probably, but I can only imagine. Also that each of them in their own can go do whatever. And he went with all of them too. I can, I can only imagine how many different gods he went and worshipped. But again, the Lord um, punished him for that. Now, Solomon wasn't the only Bible character to experience God's judgment for marrying an unbeliever. Um, we see in Ezra, hundreds of years later, that Ezra rebuked Judah for taking pagan wives and increasing um, the nation's guilt. So I'm going to go to Ezra now. Ezra chapter 10, verse 10 through 11. Yeah, people are cute. They're good looking. They're beautiful. They're stunning, honey. The words are charming and all that. But what is about, you know, you got to test the spirit by the spirit. What's on the inside? What do they believe in? If something happens to you, will they pray? Are they going to call on the name of the Lord? They, have, they don't have faith at all. They're atheists. I mean, you might want to be trying to save them and bring them to them and have faith that they might. But at the end of the day, who are they on the inside? It's all about that. What do they believe? All right. Ezra chapter 10. Verse is 10 through 17. 10 through 11. And Ezra the priest stood up. And said unto them, ye have transgressed and have taken strange wives to increase the trespass of Israel. Now, therefore, make confession unto the Lord of the Lord God of your fathers and do his pleasure and separate yourselves from the people of the land and from the strange wives. It's so real because this whole chapter in chapter says it says foreign wives and children put away now. Foreign wives and children put away is not only in Ezra of this book, but I did read in a previous episode and second and first Ezra's towards the end, how it was the same thing um, that this, it specifically said in second Ezra's and I'll read it. Actually, first Ezra's verse. Um, chapter eight. Verse 69. I'll start from there. The nation of Israel, this is in the Apocrypha, okay? The nation of Israel, the princes, the priests, and Levites have not put away from them the strange people of the land, nor the pollutions of the Gentiles, to wit of the Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, and the Moabites, Egyptians, and Edomites. For both they and their sons have married with their daughters and the holy seed is mixed with strange people of the land. And from the beginning of this matter, the rulers and the great men have been partakers of this inequity. Now, this is um, Esdras, but it says here. 
Um, as soon as I heard these things, I rent my clothes and the holy garment and pull off the hair from my head and beard. That's how bad this is. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're talking about, you know, keeping God commandments and sat me down sad and very heavy. And this is specifically forget believers. This is specifically Israelites, you know, um, the Hebrew Israelites keeping within one another and not mixing out. So that's why they say the Holy Seed line. So all they that were then moved out of the word of the Lord of Israel assembled unto me whilst I mourned for the inequity, but I sat still full of heaviness until the evening sacrifice. Okay. And then of course, in conclusion at the end of first Ezra's uh, in the Apocrypha is the same as what's going on here in the book of Ezra chapter 10, putting away the wives. So at least Israel in those days was honest enough to when they heard what was going on, even in um the book of Ezra Sinai, to say, you know what, fine. Those that were saying, you know what, you're right. I had did transgress against God. This is wrong. This is against his commands. I'm going to put them away. And they would put them away. I don't know any man. I don't know anybody today who, I mean, based on basically love, because the same thing with Solomon, because they cling to love. That's what it is. It's clinging to love to your wife or clinging to love to your husband. And I know we're speaking wife, 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 but in all honesty, in those days, a man chose a wife, you know, and, and that's how it says, it says a man who findeth the wife findeth a good thing. But I think women have enough common sense to know it kind of goes the other way around too. Like don't date someone or accept someone's hand in marriage or whatever the situation is. If you know for a fact that, um, you know, they're, they're, um, not equally yoked with you in, in your belief system. How many men today would put away their wives? I don't know that because you have to understand it's people that say they love the Lord, but then let, let them say, okay, you love your Lord. And let's say they, they had proof that you was a hundred percent Hebrew Israelite. And you know that now. And they found out that your wife certainly isn't. And you know, with all honesty in your heart, that she doesn't necessarily obey the commands or anything like that. She's stunning. She's beautiful. You know, she keeps you warm at night. She's the mother of your children. Do you, I don't know that a lot of men would put them away for that. You know, and so that's what it comes down to is either you love God or, you know, or you love your wife. So I feel like at least in those days when they came to the knowledge of it, they did it. But moving forward, for those of you who are not married... You know, those who are celibate or not dating or whatever the situation is moving forward in your lives. That's the that's the way that you should go. All right. So when Nehemiah saw that the Jews in his day had done the same thing, he drew on Solomon's example to help the people understand that they were bugging. Let's go to Nehemiah 13 and 26. Nehemiah. one of my favorite books. Mm, and where are you? All right, so now we're in Nehemiah chapter 13, 26. This is when Nehemiah saw that the Jews in his day had done the same thing that Solomon had done and used Solomon as example. So verse 26 said, did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? Yet among many nations was there no king like him, who was beloved of his God, and God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, even him did outlandish women cause to sin. Okay, so Solomon, the wisest man who knew all, was swayed, you know, then those who are regular men who have wisdom but not as wise as Solomon would certainly susceptible to that. So now I want to go to Proverbs 5, 1 through 9. 
Proverbs chapter 5, 1 through 9 says, My son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion and that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps take hold on hell, lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life. Her ways are movable, that thou cannot know them. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh the door of her house." Okay, now we're going to go to Proverbs 7, the wiles of a harlot. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live and my laws as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thy heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister and call understanding thy kinswoman that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger with flattereth with her words. For at the window of my house, I looked through my casement and beheld among the simple ones. I discerned among the youth, a young man, void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner. And he went to the way of her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black of dark of night. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot and subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without, now in the streets and lying in wait at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him and with an imprudent face said to him, I have peace offerings with me this day. I have paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to thee diligently to seek thy face and I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves. For the good man is not home, he is gone on a long journey. He hath taken a bag of money with him and will not come home at the day appointed. With her much fair speech, she has caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goeth after her straight away, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till a dart strike through his liver, as a birth hasteth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways, go not astray in her paths. For she hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. Proverbs 6, 24-29 To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, Lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. And the adulteress, hunt, um, an adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Can a, man, can a man take fire into his bosom 
and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, I wanted to go to Second Corinthians chapter 6. Verse uh, 14 through 17. Verse 14 through 17. And God had both raised up the Lord and will also raise up by his own power. Hmm. Um, sorry, I think I'm reading the wrong thing. First Corinthians chapter 6, 14 through 17. Oh, here it is. Yes. <clears throat> 14 through 17. And God had both raised up the Lord and will also raise us by his power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then, shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So when you're equally yoked with a harlot, according to this uh, verse here, <clears throat> in verse, con con in verse um, I'm sorry, First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is of one body, for two shall be one flesh. That's something to think about. I just wanted to say that, um, when, again, I'm thinking of Solomon and this all came back because of this video and the whole person tried to discredit Solomon and, 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 and immediately read chapter two to, to say that this was his heart because he had turned from God and also, um, to discredit him to say that he had turned away from God. So why would, you know, he's, I guess you could say, how could he have been the wisest man? You see how women, 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 just because of his attribution to women and some acts that he did following women people will kind of discredit, I want to say, dang near half of what he said. There's a lot of people out here who are doing great, women that do great, men that do great, and then they get one person that's just not right. You know, whether it's ungodly or whatever situation is, nine and ten is ungodly. It ain't right because if it's godly, it's going to add to your life. It'll bear fruit, right? But that's not the case here. And usually what ends up happening is because um, the one person will put you in a situation where not only are you humiliated in front of friends, family, maybe professional people, but now your long-standing, good-standing reputation just went from sugar to beep, sugar, honey, iced tea. Seriously. Went from sugar to sugar, honey, iced tea. The word. Okay? All because you are unequally real for somebody that didn't edify you or um, bring out the best in you. Let's see. I wanted to go to Proverbs 31, and I'm going to close out with that. Okay, Proverbs 31. <clears throat> I'll start at verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he have no need of spoil. 
she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth forth her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth the field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hand, she planted the vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengthened her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She slayeth, she layeth her hands on to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she stretcheth forth her hand to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it, delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is a law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is in vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Now, here we are talking about the excellent wife, or the perfect wife, from A to Z. H verse emphasizes a different quality about the excellent wife. She is rare. She is trustworthy. She is constant in her love. She is industrious. She is thrifty. She is self-starting. She is enterprising. She is willing to do hard work. She is willing to work long hours. Okay. She is willing to do monotonous work. She is compassionate. She is prepared for the future, like as far as circumstances, okay? She is wise and kind. She is duty conscious. She is blessed by her family, okay? Um, she is not satisfied with the mediocre. And most of all, she is a woman of God and praiseworthy, okay? A woman of great skill and ability, you know? A woman who is enterprising and dedicated to her home. This is what I see here. And I think the most excellent attribute of this excellent wife that's placed at the end of the book is that above all others or anything else that they list is that um, the wisdom that she have is 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 not is not that what it is. Her beauty is not what it is. It's, it's not uh, her charm that's what it is. But it's the fact that she fears the Lord, which is why she shall be praised. I think a woman, everybody, I think, you know, then her husband is well known. He sits in the gates, and I'm sure he's a blessed man of God. This woman deserves a righteous man. And a righteous man would deserve a woman like this. And they can be found. I just find that I feel like as believers, we all go in different directions. And I don't want to say that we don't. It's not a hate thing. I think so much we don't think so much of it like how much it can affect our relationship so much as we probably look at people's characteristics but we're not understanding you know in every relationship there's going to be trials and when there's trials you're going to want God in the midst of it you're going to be able to pray together you're going to want to be able to sit down and um study the word of God together you know you should be equally yoked 
You should not have to be getting up with somebody and, you know, they don't understand your reading. When you start reading, they kind of feel left out or annoyed. You know what I'm saying? Or like they, they're not part of it and make you feel guilty to the point where sometimes now you're cutting your reading back or something like that, to the, you know, because you're trying to be fair. But they're not being fair to you because they don't understand and respect your relationship with God. It's better to be equally yoked than to not be um, equally yoked. I think I've covered just about all the scriptures that um, I wanted to talk about concerning this. But I do recommend and stress you know, for those who are single and patiently waiting on the Lord. And I notice I said the Lord to send them someone. And of course, if you wait on him to send you someone, it'll be the right one. That you just pray, God, that uh, most of all, that they are very much equally yoked with you. You would like that even if even if you wasn't equally yoked with somebody. I think some people might feel like, well, maybe I'll rub off on them. Because that's the mindset, too. You like to think that maybe you could introduce them to something. So you're hoping that you can rub off on them. But if you find yourself in these unequally yoked relationships where they're more or less rubbing off on you, you know what I mean? So you're becoming like Solomon. You know, I've seen sisters go to the mosque and convert, but supposedly they still believe in God, but love, they love him. You know how people convert to Muslims because of a man? I mean, I'm just trying to convert to other things, but I feel like you don't have, I don't mean, even if you say, you know, because to be a Christian, you ain't got to go through a whole ceremony. To be a Muslim, you got to go through a whole ceremony at the mosque. and It's a whole situation. All for love. And some people be like, oh, that's nice for love and all that. But at the end of the day, that's not even, that's not even what you believe in. You might not even, you, you might dump in it. You might even got swayed to believe that it's true, like Solomon did. But the reason why you did it, if you told the truth and, and shamed the devil, is not because you went on your own journey and found this thing and wanted to try it out for yourself. It's because you fell in love with somebody who started putting things in your head. And because you was blind about love, you started to forget the doctrine of your most high God and the commandments of God, and you transgressed. On that note, I will see you all next time here on Who's on the Lord's Side.